Yo, what's good? For the Taste Show, once a week, give or take now. I'm you know, so used to saying something else, but you know, we can't say something else because we own to something else. CJ and Bino on all your digital service providers, all of your platforms, all your Spotify, your Google Play, your YouTube, Spreaker, iTunes. Check us out on iTunes. And most importantly, your immediate homework assignment for this week is to go to iTunes and leave a review. I don't care if it's 100% trash. Actually, if it's trash, then I'm going to feel like you hate me. But leave a review. That way people know that the podcast has now moved over from when are we spending our quality time over at I 7025 FM. Salute to those guys. Salute to E and that whole crew. We had some good laughs over there. When I say we, it's because this week's special, special guest ain't really a guest. What we want you to get used to on For The Taste is that it is, as we say, tag in co-host. Because I can tag these guys in anywhere from around the country. And depending on how we get this technology popping, they'll be able to do the same with me not having to be on here so that's what we're trying to do it is a collective project that we've got before the taste so i'm gonna go ahead and give the rundown of this week's tag in quality host he atlanta georgia living houston raised colorado educated he's one of the top 10 greatest people that you will ever be able to run into if you get the luckiest experience to be able to do it an educated it brethren from the south known as uh, rashad Miller, what's good, man? What to do? What the fact that you put me in the top ten—that's that's an honor right there. That's an honor because there's so many other people, and I made the top ten. Bro, today is a good day. God, won't he do it? All the time, He'll do it. But what's going on, everybody? What's happening, man? And blessed to be here. You know, with the new movement and the new direction. And, you know, my brethren was so kind to, you know, make sure that I came along for the journey. So journey. So I'm I'm honored, man. And you know. Let's let's get it, man. Let's do it. And before we end up uh, getting too far into the weeds with the episode, make sure that you follow at For The Taste Show on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. For some reason, somebody already had it. So we had to go with show underscore taste. That's show underscore taste. But we do have a little bit of exposure on all of them. BK Norris 13 and underscore Shad Mill. That's S-H-A-D pause M-I-L-L. Shad Mill underscore Shad Mill and uh, Mr. Duncan Four. But just follow and make sure the most important thing is, is that you guys you know, do what you can to hit us up on iTunes, leave a review, give us a follow on Spotify, you know, just, just, you know, tell someone, to tell someone like the ads say, I mean, that's what we're doing over here with these culture convos. You know what I mean? All right. Ready. Shot. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. Yo, yo lane in this journey that we call for the taste. You are the unofficial Southwest, Southeast, Southern representing regulator, mount up advisor of NBA and all that talk on for the taste. So what I say is being the senior of all that, of the NBA advisor, what are your thoughts on the National Basketball Association right now? You know what? So much stuff has happened just before the you know season kicked off. You know, they had the, uh, I guess, a little dispute in China. You know, my, my hometown. China? President, CEO, founded. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay, Houston. Okay. I guess the, you know, the owner or the GM, whatever the case is, has some choice words and caused an uproar and everything going on in the NBA. So, you know, I, well, I think it is right now what I think it was what, eight, nine games into the season. Mm hmm. It's looking very young. I'll say that. I think the average age in the NBA right now is like 13. I think uh, there's not a lot of, you know what I'm saying? It's, you got to think about it, dog. Like if you look back maybe 10 years ago, you know what I'm saying? You have some, some true actual veterans in there that, you know, 20, 
25 and up, 27 and up. You know what I'm saying? Whether they were rookies or, you know, second year, it was just very mature, so to say. And I'm not, not taking anything away from the NBA, but as of right now, you look at Golden State, you can't tell me the one person that's starting right now. Uh, oh, yeah. Take your time. Take your time. I know that. Uh, <laughs> mm. Take your time. I don't know how much time we got on the taste today. How many? T- how much time? Uh, Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney starting on the team, right? Well, no, actually, he's not. Damn. Damn. All right. So either way. <laughs> okay. The point that I'm trying to make is is that wait, um, wait, wait. No, D'Angelo Russell, D'Lo, D'Lo on team no, gunning. He's hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. Uh, Oh, okay. It's going to be somebody that looks almost like something between D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry. Like they, they have a roster full of of nothing but the finest of mixed breed and light-skinned. It salutes all my all my black right. folk. Blessings. They All of them look like Chris Brown when he first came out. Like, seriously. Like, it's not even... The point that I'm trying to make is, is that the league, <laughs> though it's still very good, is just very young. Um, and the other part I'm going to say to it, you know, just being a student of the game, is it's gotten very watered down, respectfully. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, you can't sneeze on somebody without there being a technical or without there being some type of foul, some type of, you know, ejection. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's just gotten really, it's gotten really watered down. It's gotten really soft. You dig what I mean? So, you see, and I was, I was that, thinking that you were meaning that it had gotten soft mainly because of the one and dones and the fact that these kids ain't really getting developed when they leave out of college. It's just a glorified AAU and a lot of them are learning on the job. That and, too. You know, okay. That, that too, uh, you know, and just to, you know, piggyback on that real quick for a second. It just doesn't seem like I, I, I get it. You know, in this in this economic time that we live in, you know, everybody's trying to get to the bag however they can. You know, they don't really care what the dollar amount is as long as they get to it somehow. And in many discussions that we've had, especially against the you know with the YB family, shout out YB. It, there's certain players that deserve to leave their first year because we already know collegiate level is not it's not sufficient for them. You know, you're looking at, I guess in his collegiate days, you're looking at someone like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was what, 6'9", 6'10", shooting mm-hmm. guard. Mm-hmm. He doesn't belong. You know, even Carmelo at Syracuse, he destroyed the Big East. Go ahead and go, brother. You know what I'm saying? And a couple other cats. I mean, even if you want to say Zion right now, even though we have not seen him yet, but it was just some of them that just don't deserve you know, to be in the collegiate levels, but others who just come out just because their hype is still carrying over from their high school days. And now all of a sudden, or maybe someone's dad basically talked them into the NBA. I don't even got to say his name. Mm, um, mm, <laughs> mm. But yeah, it's, it's, his little it's, brother it's, might it's be the number one pick in the draft next year though. Might be, might be. It's just a plethora of things, you know what I'm saying? But because I love the game so much, I'll never give up on it. I'll never stop watching it. If I had to give it a grade right now, C plus, C plus. You know, it, it's it's interesting knowing that we already are a couple games in, and yeah, I know that it kind of worked last year for him. But I saw the clippings about Kawhi is already doing low management. And bro, you ain't even twenty nine years old. You just barely even hitting no. that. You ain't even thirty yet. You you just got to the new place and already like, nah, it's cool. I mean, y'all be out again. Damn the damn the fact that these dudes are overpaying for these first couple game tickets on the scout side of the game and then you ain't even show up for some of these home games or even the road games your boy uh shannon sharp he said nba's already two weeks in and Kawhi leonard and already ran out of pto yeah i lost i lost it i was like damn dog that's cold bro yeah salute to to the og shay sharp yeah 
That's shout good, out, man. Yeah, man. But, uh, you know, I think as it has always been, especially since, you know, the new era of basketball, things haven't really picked up or picked out until after what, you know, say All-Star break. Yeah. Like after All-Star break, you start seeing cat, you know, you start seeing, you, you kind of start piecing people piecing uh, teams as far as conferences, where they're going to be, where they might be seated, so on and so forth, you know. And even, like, my Rockets, like, we got blown out by Miami. I ain't see that coming at all. You know what I'm saying? Pause. But still, it was just like, wow. You know, but these cats ain't playing as hard as they could. You know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not giving full effort in, you know, playing right now. I don't believe. And, of course, anyone with the eyes can see that as well. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. Actually, you know what you'll have to do, see? Hmm. You'll have to You'll have to check back in with me beginning of the year, man, and, and see and, and give my full a, a better analysis. You know, I'm a better analysis on what the NBA looked like right now. But if I had to say just right now, C plus. Well, you obviously again are going to be a tagged in, you know, regular host on this lovely podcast that is for the taste, and you being the super senior, super califragilistic, expialidocious, round ball basketball organizer of the NBA for our show, you know, your title just going to continuously evolve when it comes to round ball. We're going to obviously have you talking about the game, but here's some things that I did end up seeing some, you know, light clippings about, because like you said, most folks don't even start paying attention to the league until Christmas. One thing being that you already know people ain't paying attention or they already got an idea who's going to make the playoffs when the bigger headline is about dudes and they hair pieces being out of place, then their teams and the triple doubles that they get. And that's no smoke to the, well, Here's the thing about it, LeBron. I'm just saying this to you, you know, from a guy that goes home with his hair about three days a week. And I still do have a lot of the frontal, you know, piece that you look like you're searching for. But here's the thing is we all know that that's what you've tried to do for a lot of years. And it's okay. Nobody's going to look at you a certain kind of way. And it might be because the shape of your head. I don't know. Pause. Um, That you just won't go ahead and do like like Box shaped bald head. I don't know what that's about. Okay, well then, if anything, just start doing like the low one, you know, or what is it, the the quarter? You know, it's been so long since I got the, the fade. Yeah, I forgot just, what the. You know, just start just slightly lying to yeah. us where the the angles look like you still got a little bit of hair in the ball dead spots. Face. That's what it's called. There you go. Ball. Do like a ball fade. And yeah. he'd have a ball fade. But I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Some brothers don't know how to, you know, some brothers don't know how to let go. You know, it doesn't millionaire or not, some brothers don't know how to let go. I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Brown should have shaved his head back in his Miami days. And I don't even like think the, that he he might not even be trying to shave it. Here's something else too, is and he just might be one of the folks in the minority where the plugs don't kick in, you know, when you get them done, which that is something that realistically is true. Um, not every time when somebody gets hair treatment, do those actual strains come through and actually get strong. It just seems like a man that is almost worth a half a billion dollars. If he can't get the hairline that Brian Erlacher got or Wayne Rooney or Deion Sanders, then just let it go. And we know that he he's probably more of a, a just pure athletic specimen than all those guys combined and it, wow. it's still just it ain't growing and it's okay I mean, you, you're 37 it, like it's it's understandable if you don't got it unless you're going full Dion. and even Dion's is like you've kind of it's it's cool that listen, you got bro, it I, I, but you was like a decade without it so it's 
and, and salute to uh, wow. Nick Wright. Nick Wright on first things first. He doing it. He doing it too. He got the uh, the little comb over move now. And he was real th- thinny McGee when that show first came on with Chris Carter. Yeah. Respect the prime time, but I don't know what he got going on right now. He looked like a Motown A and R. I don't know what prime time is doing. Like, listen. So <laughs> for so long, we've seen prime time literally with you know what I'm saying like the the razor the razor ball joint, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he had the flat top with the little cut in it. You know what I'm saying, little Jerry curl flat top. Yep, when, he had, you know, the must be the money, prime, right? And then he. We didn't really know what he was rocking because then he had the scarf on, right? A little scarf. Yeah, the bandana his, was heavy for like a good six or seven years. Right, right. And then after that, once he got out of it, we just started seeing like a very slow, slow decline to where he just went bald. But now he coming back with full grown hair, turtlenecks and blazers on. And I don't know what the hell. I, I can't I can't make it out. I can't make out what prime time looks like right now like i say it looks like a motown a&r like he's recruiting talent for music i don't like it i understand prime time you know do what you do you're a grown man i can't help nothing you know what i'm saying but i don't know you we just got a certain look i think everybody has a certain look and we've gotten so used to seeing him like that especially since he's retired from sports he just looked different man well he just look different the, the thing about it with prime is similar to some of these other athletes is we got so used to seeing you without it and then you come back we kind of look at it as you've had the means to do that forever so why didn't you do it if you had gotten used to already seeing it that way then leave it that way ain't nobody knocking you because believe you and me if my number in my head is if i can have 10 million dollars liquid then i'm gonna get the freshest of kid and play high top fate that's I'm just gonna go all the way with it. I'm going all the way with it. If I hit 10 million liquidity, then yeah, high top fade at least damn near you know a foot tall. Why? Because ain't nobody gonna say nothing to me anyways. Because you know they gonna be like, well, I mean that's his money. Hey man, the that's flat top. That's kind of my point though with these other guys that we've known that you've had the means to do it. You know, every time you at home from one o'clock until three thirty on a Thursday, if you're sitting on a day off or it's just an in between day. And you'll see the commercials for Bosley, just like you'll see the ones for Everest College and anything else that they trying to just get people to get rid of their money and not really know what the hustle is. That's one of those, the Bosley Medical Center. And that's Bosley and them. And no knock on Bosley because Bosley, if you want to holler, you know, give me some some advertising. Look, I'll bring my number from 10 million down to just a good treatment. You know, uh, somebody's got to test it out for the show. I'll take one for the team because mine is closest to full on home than anybody else on the show. Well, Bino's is, but we'll play paper, rock, scissors for it. Anyway, we know that these guys got the money. So just do it. Nobody going to knock you for it. But when you go, I think the year cutoff should be three and a half years. Once it's more than three and a half years that we've seen you in a public space with the full on baldy, you can't come back with the nappy dreads talking about, you know, I just found the fountain of youth. No, no, no. I ain't ain't rocking with it. Not happening. Just saying. Not happening. Just saying. Yeah. Facts. Facts on that. For the taste show, CJ and Bino, this week we got our co-host in, Shy Millie. We had a couple of topics that we wanted to make sure we got to. And I got to give a little bit of backstory to topic number two, which is kind of like the the bad between the good, the bad and the ugly. Every couple of weeks, me and the old lady, we like to go out and typically catch a movie or go out and be social. Like the kids like to say, turn up a little bit. And 
for weeks on end because of the social media presence and just the advertising. She wanted to go to the movies and she wanted to go see a particular movie. Movie is from what we consider a legend, an OG, uh, a groundbreaker, an icon, a mogul. I'm running out of explorative and adjectives to, to talk about the dude. But when I saw that Will Smith's movie, Gemini Man, got 17 and a half Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it was, it it kind of hurt her soul a little bit. And, you know, after consoling her, like, it's cool. We can go watch something where just some cars flip over and explode with a script that's 20 pages. I, I like to go to the movies and go see. Uh, I'm shallow when I want to go to a movie and disconnect. But it also made me sit there and think of something of how many Will Smith movies are really great. Which Will would you rather take, Will Smith or Will Ferrell? Now, here's the one caveat. We all know that Will Ferrell does not have an Academy Award, but that Academy Award notwithstanding, you strip that out there, best movie for best movie, which Will has had more stinkers than great movies let me make sure i understand the question you're saying how many movies would i say will smith has had that was great yes like i'll watch it again yes um it's like and excluding ali and even ali it's a great movie and i don't want to have any smoke from any of my boxing people because the show is boxing bullshit and business but it's not a movie that if there's a boxing movie, I'm not running to go put that in. I guess it might just be more of too many Ali stories, but you get my point. So, yeah. Um, even though I wouldn't watch it again, I think it was a great movie. Um, that was Pursuit of Happiness. I think that was a very decent movie. I think if we want to, if we want to take it back for like older, 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 I think it was Enemy of the State. That wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. I remember bad. that one. I remember that one. Gene Hackman first, was in that one. First, the first and second bad boys. Like I, I mean, you know, I think the first one is legendary. It probably tops all of them because, you know, I think some of the funniest, funniest things were in that one. But number two still was pretty legit. Oh, man. Outside of that, just thinking off the top of my head, I say he has made very good movies. Very good. I don't, like great is an understatement. Like, you know, like we, if you think of someone like Denzel Washington, he's made a lot of great movies and you can fire off on them. You know what I'm saying? But correct. Well, I, I, I would say out of all the movies he's made, like I said, off the top of my head, I would say a good, I'd say a great, not a great that I can think of, but other than that, I think he's just made very good movies. Now I'm assuming because we're having this conversation about, you know, Mr. Wild Wild West, Gemini Man was terrible. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't, I, seen, it. I haven't seen it either. I just know that now it's not going to be something that we were playing a, a movie night around for a couple weeks. And I know it probably was because Will Smith, the rebrand with him going for decades now, being on social media, now being one of those social media, you know, pacemakers, and I use the term, but that's just true. What is he bigger than that? He showed the evolution of being able to figure out how to stay a star because when he was, you know, movie star Will Smith, the way to become a bigger star was to have a lot of secrecy. You know, all the stories of, you know, I think he's doing this, or, you know, we never know what's going on with his family. And you come find out when you see the story of the journey with his kids, a lot of that was also to be able to let them have as close as they could have regular lives. You know, they came up being entertained in their own right. Uh, then we'll figure it out that now the game is different. The game is now to be more social and let people know, like, hey, this is what I do. This is how I live, you know, um, and not in a flossing kind of way, just more of a inspirational at times, just, you know, ordinary man at times. And just sometimes things that you would never expect for them to do. And the red table talk with his wife is also that that counterbalance to that. 
So I say all that to say that because of all that the Will was doing, he probably got a lot of eyes on the movie. I mean, a lot of people were looking forward to it. So when they gave it a 6.2 Rotten Tomato score, actually, I'm, I'm gonna stop knocking the actual score. I want to say that the, I want to say like the first week it, it was hitting around like 30 ish percent. And after a couple weeks, you know, it's came up a little bit. And I don't want to say that you blame and take everything with these ratings to heart because there's some movies where the rating is lower than what I actually feel. And we all have those individual options and, you know, views on certain movies. But five and a half on IMDb, a uh, 25 on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, Metacritic was at 38 now. 81 percent of the people like the movie. But what 81 percent were they? Well, let, well, let me say this though too, right? Um, and of course, you know, just like anyone else knows, a lot of these critics are too critical. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they like prime example. I saw a review where someone gave Black Panther a a one out of five. <laughs> now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying Black Panther is greater than Iron Man. I'm not saying Black Panther is greater than Thor. Cat. I'm not saying that. But if you've seen that movie, right, mm-hmm. and if you know the backdrop about anything Marvel, let alone Black Panther, you mean to tell me that movie got a one? That's like that's 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 just unreal, right? So I guess what I'm saying is. I don't, though I haven't seen Gemini Man, I don't know, you know, what what it really was. I mean, I, I guess I can understand the premise. I mean, the brother was cloned and he played himself twice. I get it. Um, and I guess he was assassin, whatever, whatever, right? But some of these critics, like, you can't impress them. No matter what kind of movie you put out. And, and, and what's funny is they'll sit here and give something like I don't know, one of these, uh, uh, I'm not talking down on them or nothing like that, you know what I'm talking about, but one of these war movies that's getting ready to come out, mm-hmm. they'll turn around and give that a perfect score. Right? Or, or a slave yeah. movie. Right. Facts. Facts. Which you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, you'll, you'll go ahead and give, like, a, a slave movie or one of these war movies, you know, something that, unfortunately... As bad as I hate to say this, hopefully I don't catch no slack for it. A lot of us can't really relate to. Like we can't. We understand the history, right? And I think it's good that you put it out there for us to try to understand a little bit deeper into it. But again, reality is a lot of it is still fabricated. A lot of it is still fabricated. Like that's why they say based on a true story, right? So we don't really know what was and what was not. But again, getting back to my point, when you see a movie, you kind of got to be your own critic. You know what I'm saying? Like you just you just have to. One movie I saw, and I thought it was completely trash. I'm sorry, I thought it was terrible. It was it too? Mm-hmm. Nothing about that movie was scary to me. However, the good people in the white community. Swear to God, that was one of the scariest things they've ever put in their life. 
because they're they're yeah. at an age where they still remember the first it movie and I remember the first it movie way back in the day and with a lot of those horror movies it was because of our imaginations less than what the movie was with our age because when you watch the original it now as an adult even with the lights off you still like huh this is funny um but, but when you was a kid, you almost let everything go in the front and the back, you know, because it it all floats down here and, and the teeth and all that. And, you know, and your imagination took you to the distance that the movie couldn't take you. And even then, it was a lot of, you know, quality special effects for back then. But we've seen so much well, better now. I, I And I think my issue is for me, when I watch scary movies, it's hard for me to get scared because, unfortunately, I apply hood logic. No disrespect. And, and it's just like, you know, like in the very first It, not the one back in the 80s or 70s, whatever the case is. I can't remember what, what year it was, but the remake of the very first It. Little Timmy was skipping his ass down the street when it's pouring rain outside with a damn paper boat. This paper boat goes into a water ditch or whatever the case is. And out of nowhere, a clown comes up, bro, you going to start talking to the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That's not something black folks would do. <laughs> we going to yell and scream. Like, wait a minute. goddammit! it. First of all, you're not supposed to be down there. That's what I know. Second, my mama told me not to talk about you. Third, you're a clown with sharp teeth. Let me go ahead and dip on you, bro. So for me, when I watch these shits, it's kind of hard to sit here and get scared right now. I don't mind watching movies that, again, are based off a true story. Like, I believe one movie that kind of got me a little bit was The Hunt, the Haunting of Connecticut or The Haunting in Connecticut or something like that. I can't remember. But again, when you look that up, a lot of that shit was based off a true story. So there was like an eerie feeling, but still not scary. I don't, I don't get how, going back to these critics, how they see something like It... And they're like, craziest movie, suspense, horror, scared me out of my socks. One of the best horror movies we'll ever have in our lifetime slash centuries. However they were, you know what the hell I'm talking about, bro. And then they see Black Panther was like, eh, just wasn't impressed. A cast of nothing but all black people and then one white person, maybe two. And like, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, you can't win for losing. Well, you can't. Here's the the thing that I don't want us to get too far away from. Yes, we all need to be our own best critic when we go to the movies and you know have an open mind. In saying that, I still don't believe that Gemini Man is a good movie, and it's a movie that Dead Ass just came out like five years ago called Jumper with Bruce Willis. A similar concept and story, just it played out in the cornfield versus overseas. Here's the thing also, when it comes to Will Smith movies, he is still, even if he's coming out with bombs, it's almost like my Medea idea. Even if he's coming out with bombs, he's still legendary because of what he's doing. And it doesn't have to be my cup of tea because I didn't watch any of the following Will Smith movies. And I'm pretty sure you didn't. Here you go. Collateral Beauty. That was in 2016. You remember that one? I don't. Yes. I not me. <laughs> uh, a winner's tale. Do you remember that one? No, I do not. Uh-huh. That was like some kind of like a uh, 
fairy tale type one. After Earth with M. Night Shyamalan and his son, Jaden. Where it was like some sure. like aliens. See, you really, you, you gave Will a lot of, lot of free cut. You probably seen all the Medias too, huh? Absolutely not. Oh. Don't put that even Absolutely not. I love, I love, I love TP. I think what he's doing for black people, actors, and you know that all. Here he goes pitching respect. the bell. He pitching the bell. He pitching the bell. Nah, I'm just saying. But nah, I, I can't. I can't do that. Now, look. If you want me to be a man about the dog, and sit here and say. No, I've never watched a, a Tyler Perry movie. I'll be lying to you. I'm not, I ain't gonna lie about that. You know what I'm saying like, come on, dog. Like we've, I mean, I've had girlfriends, and I got a mother who likes all that shit. Have I have I watched one or two? Yes. But am I a fan, and I have to rush to everyone I see? Hell no, goddamn it, no. Absolutely no. Yeah, I, I have never completed a Tyler Perry movie. If that's what you're trying to get at, it, if it's on on TNT during the holidays, I try my best to find anything else on World Series of Ping Pong, um, the E League of Dice Rolling, just something. Well, this is the thing, though, too, right? You know, it's it's no it's no secret that you have a significant or you have had significance. Mm-hmm. In your lifetime, mm-hmm. as a man, you can't even deny this. We've all watched some shit that we weren't willing to watch, but we watched it because we didn't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. There's Fifty Shades of nonsensical shit that, that I've watched. So for me, by default, I've seen some Tyler Perry shit. Right. I all jokes aside, but have I said like if Blockbuster was still open into this day, would I go on a Blockbuster and be like? I know what I want to watch tonight. No, <laughs> no, I, I've never, I've never clicked on my Xfinity joint and said what free movies was out and went to anything. Tyler Perry, like, let me watch this because this, this is gonna be good. I gotta watch this. I ain't never seen. No, but I have. We've all seen some movies by default because of quote unquote the women in our life. That is true. And even when it comes to which was the original question that put us on this mini rabbit hole of who's had more consistency and had or the other way you can look at it, who's had more bomb movies and I don't mean bomb like good, bomb like trash between the two wheels, because the best way I think I started thinking about this idea and I'm going to pose it back to you is Will Smith has the obviously he's been the greater upside the Will Ferrell run has been, he ain't going to hit oh, 60 home runs, but he hit like 335 and is always on base. For every one real trash Will Ferrell movie, he's given you in some way, shape, or form three or four classic or legendary pieces in the other movies, and even the ones that he hasn't been the primary lead. I still give Will Smith as far as active for acting, obviously, and I think Will Ferrell would even say Will Smith. Everybody love Will Smith, but for Gemini Man, it almost tilts the the balance of more trash movies he's put out in his career than great movies, but he's still a greater actor. So he's still the number one Will when it comes down to it. I mean, Will Ferrell, if I'm just going to give a slight run of some of these movies here, Step Brothers, Prestige Worldwide, classic references. Uh, Funny. Elf. I, I wasn't a 
big fan, but it was okay. And there's a lot of people that love that's one of their favorite Will Ferrell movies. I'm more on the line with you. Like, it was cool, but it ain't the one that I would go back to. Anchorman, the first one. Hilarious. Yes. Uh, the other guys. With Gator, that, that Gator run is goddamn classic how they played that character on that. Man, I was not expecting it the first time I watched that through. Oh, um, yeah. you know, everybody, you, you, you know you've made it when you had a Kevin Hart movie as his co-host with Get Hard. You know, that yeah. I saw that on a flight. It it wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but it was perfect for a two hour and 20 minute flight and had enough time to be able to pause it a couple of times. Uh, old school. Right. Yep. See, yep, I mean, I'm with that. See, that's legendary one. And, and even though a lot of people thought that the movie was trash, uh, semi pro, just the premise of the movie and the, the lines in it was funny. Uh, you know, Will obviously has a collection of movies. He's independence day, you know, uh, pre and post so his again his hits are greater hits but I guess I would say his misses have been bigger misses to me than somebody that's consistently just giving you decent and it's almost two different genres but they both just kind of came to my mind of one having more than the other of basically suspect trash movies in between a few great hits facts now facts Here's something else for the last topic that is just very, very, uh, in some ways, melancholy and, and also depressing to be able to think of, my guy, is that we are a couple of weeks away from finishing out the decade of the teens, man. And everybody's going to start putting together their list and, you know, putting together their best ofs. So we're not going to do it exactly that way. And we're not going to put together, you know, a generated you know, top 10 or top five list. What we're just going to do for the next couple of guests to come on is just get a couple of their picks of albums that they reflect on as we go into the next decade that they would go back to and tell anybody like, hey, if I'm going to tell you about the game of hip hop or what I enjoy. These are the ones that I'd pass along to you. So I ain't going to tell you how many in a set number, but don't sit here and keep us on the episode for 22 hours because you're naming off every episode and every album that you came up with down in Atlanta. Okay. Let's see. I'm drawing a blank, dog. Oh, there you go. No, okay, you know what? I'm, I, I got you. For one, I gotta put Nipsey in there. I, there's just it can't. I, there's there's no way I can't put that album in the top ten of the last decade. And quite frankly, I'm not putting in any particular order, mm -hmm. but it might be a top three. Well, I it mean, might, it was number it one might. for Bino and I. Well, for Bino, it was number one for album of the year last year on the show so I can see that especially if you're given one per year that that would hit and I could see putting victory lap in rest in peace Nip yeah. two uh, so okay let me ask you another question real quick real quick okay and and I, I'll continue on my you know my my rating and everything like that are we going from 2010 to 2019 or are we starting like that are we going from there 
Man, or you know, that that is a, that, specific. I'm giving you ten to nineteen. That that is the exact 10 to 19? yeah. God, yeah. I mean that's 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 heavy. Yeah, I mean there's oh. a lot there's a lot of music that came out, but if you just had to pick a couple to be able to say this is the way that the game would get going, uh, that that way you can learn how hip hop has evolved or what I consider to be dope music in the the genre that we enjoy listening to. I mean, you brought up like, you know, you would give somebody victory lap. I mean, I know that I would probably give somebody the, um, now I just drew a blank when I was about to say it out loud. Uh, my dark twisted fantasy, Kanye, you know, the artist formerly known as Kanye, you know, I would, that's just, a, <laughs> that's an album that, you know, would still hit that, just that sound, that production off of it. Um, take care would be an album that I would go back to. Uh, you know, some people might go through all of Drake's discography. I'm not that heavy on it, but Take Care is one of those albums that I would go back to. Uh, you know, for me, No Dope on Sundays from Sahai. You know, that's an album right there for me that, that gets a lot of replay value still. Uh, Daytona would be an album that would go back for me. Uh, you know, real quick, and I'll cut you off. I know Daytona just came out, but if we're talking about top 10 albums from 2010 to 2019, I don't think Daytona cracks that list. Now, that's no disrespect to Pusha, but again, we are talking about a lot of goddamn music, CJ. You know, think about it like this, real talk. You're you're talking about Kendrick Lamar dropping two dope-ass albums between Damn and How to Pimp a Butterfly. And to me, you know, or even wait, his first album. I think Good Kid, Mad City actually trumps all those for me. That's what I'm saying. Well, you see what I'm saying? But like, I'm only, I don't think. But I don't think you would put Daytona over Good Kid, Mad City. I would I put. Think, I wouldn't put it over Good Kid, Mad City, but the way that it impacted, it's similar to me as Damn to Pimp a Butterfly would probably still sneak in. Um, yeah, I okay. can give you two of the Kendrick albums that we would be in agreement. But yeah, you know, Damn, uh-huh. Damn was a good album, but Daytona, only thing that takes away from a lot of people with Daytona is the fact that Kanye was on it and that it was short. Right. Now, um, shrimp, shrimp, shrimp. <laughs> now another one, honestly, um, I, I'm not going to say it was his best material, but when I say it was really good, Rick Ross, I forgot which album. Um, I think was it God Forgives I Don't, the joint where he had with um Dr. Dre and Jay Z on it. That yeah, that yeah, Three well. Kings. Yep, yeah. See, that did very very well. You know the the God Forgives I Don't. I mean, obviously, I was going to get into my Ross bag. That wouldn't be the Ross album that I would go to. It's uh, not. You know. I think if we're counting the years right, Teflon Don still fits in. Exactly. And if that's the case, it's, I mean that that one right there, that was that was a mean album. Um, and then um, since we mentioned him too, you know, Jay Z dropped three albums within that time span, or no more than that. So if we're talking 2010, he had Blueprint three. American Gangster. Um, what's the joint where he only came out with the album on Samsung or something? 
Holy uh, Grail. Yeah, uh, Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Yeah, Magna Carta. Um, See, the, hold, the, here, here, here. Uh, just to, to make sure that we will go ahead and check off for show, for show, when it comes to the Ross discography. If we go in 2010 <laughs> to 2019, Teflon Don would fit in because that was 2010. Um, the only albums that would qualify in that window, and uh, we'll just, because we got the artist up now. So you've got Teflon Don in 2010. Rich Forever was 2012. God mm-hmm. Forgives I Don't was 2012. Mastermind was 2014. And then Rather You Than Me, which was a dope album, but it wouldn't have been one that I would say pushes the 10. And then Port of Miami 2. And Port of Miami 2 is too is too close to it to be able to give it this. It, it doesn't jump over, for me, Teflon Don. You know. No, no, no. I mean, it's I, you know what? Ross has some jewels on there. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I, I can't. I, I, and, God, man, see... This and this honestly might have to be a topic. We literally spent a whole recording on whatever, but two well, we will, we'll, we'll loop back to it on the back end of the year. You know, once we set set up for twenty twenty, um, we gonna just do solely with all of the folks that put in content for the taste, just on one collective recording, talking about the albums of the year. And I, I just want to see the madness go from that from each direction. But just to get ideas of what people are saying and to see which ones actually intersect where they actually are similar. Because when, when Tattooed, or sorry, sorry, when Tears of Joy come on, I mean, that still. I, yeah. Like, come on. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Now, that's, honestly, that's still, that's still one of my favorite songs to this uh, day. But, you know, like I said, so many artists really really came out during that time and put in work. Like I just mentioned, like two chains, you're looking at Meek Mill, um, you know, like Meek, Meek Mill kind of solidified himself in hip hop during that time. You mm-hmm. dig what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he really did. Um, his first album might have one of the best intros, if not the best intros of all time. We True. was, you know, we when I, when uh when I came out there last time, we was in the club singing the joint, word for word. You know what I'm talking about? To this day, you can play that right now in any club, any club in any era, and they lose their shit. Especially when that last part break down. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was fit. People lose it. People lose it when when people's own mama know that song. Uh, yeah, so uh, but see, but that's that's the issue though. That's almost like bling bling. When once it becomes too crossed over, do is, is it something that you can still keep going? I mean, the the dreams and nightmares will always be a classic, you know, song. But I don't think that there's no meek albums that would crack a a have to. And I'm a I'm a meek fan. That's, I mean the only reason why I'm saying it that way is I don't see one and quite honestly if I did see one it would be championships just because I like I like content Meek now that more than I did pre-Jail Meek even though pre-Jail Meek had more hype championships to me was his best collective and uh, 
that's not going to push out some of the albums that you know that I'm talking about. So let me ask you a question from one hip hop head to another. Does J. Cole's album, um, not this last one, but the one before that, um, does that crack your top ten? The uh, Forest Hill Drive. Uh, that was a, that was a great album. He he. Now, mind you, the only reason I'm asking is because J. Cole, he was the first artist, I believe, first artist to go like double platinum with no features, not a single feature. That's that's something that the people of the likes of Hove never done. Nas, Biggie's, Pox, no one's ever done that. That has to get some type of recognition. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it has to be number one, but it would be very, very hard to not put that album. Like, there's a discussion there. And because of the numbers that it did and the artists that we've seen J. Cole transform into since he, you know, since he started first rapping on Jay's Blueprint 3. That's when we, I, for me, that's when I first heard of J. Cole. You know what I'm saying? Like, day a star is born. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. J. Cole, I mean, Cole, it, it all comes What's down to, to the What's number. Right. Are we talking about if if you set it to a ten? Then I mean that just seems too cheeseball because music is so con, um, so fluid, and artists put out a lot of music now because that's part of how the game goes and that's how they get paid. So to sit there and try to drill it down to just ten albums, there's always going to be some kind of conversation. That's why I said if it's more of like a pack. Um, sometimes a pack of CDs or a pack of songs. It might be twenty five in the pack. It might be thirty five in the pack. But so it, 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 it's a good about, pack. So since we're talking about the greatest or the best ten albums or the top ten albums of the last decade, is that based off of our own personal criteria within this circle of ours, or are we basing it off of all criteria, which you know, like what the numbers do, so on and so forth? Basically, what I mean is like, are we saying the only reason this might crack a top ten is because I could probably recite the whole album front to back or are we looking at what it did to the culture this more for you and uh, anybody that listens to this episode and you make your comments about your favorite albums what's your to go pack for the 2000 or the 20 teens what would be your to go pack Um, it's just what made you carve your musical ear to the way that you are now that's the to go back uh, to go to, to go pack. Sorry, I was over there looking at something else on our notes. The to go pack uh, that you would give to somebody else, you know, is what music moved you. You know, what made you? If it comes on now, a song that'll end up taking you to a certain place. That's what we're trying to get at when we talk about the music and your top album. So it's not necessarily a ten or fifteen or twenty or five pack. It's just a to go back of how many you know songs that you would give to somebody to say, hey, this is how my life was shaped as far as the music that I listened to in this last decade. Yeah, you know I mean, okay, I, mean, I can respect that. So, y'all take that. Make sure that you go ahead and take some of those jewels of you know random albums and 
the biggest thing is it's going to make you go back and listen to some of the songs that help sculpt you and build you into the person that you are, which is super dope. It reminds you how you got to this point, good, bad, and the ugly of it. Uh, as we round the corner for this week's episode of For the Taste, again, we just want to make sure that we let everybody know that it's a journey that we have now gone on different than beforehand. So anybody listening to us here now on these first initial episodes of the launch, we appreciate it. Blessings. Uh, make sure that you follow at For the Taste Show on IG and on Facebook. Also follow at Taste underscore Show for Twitter. Mr. Duncan Four BK Norris thirteen underscore Shad Mill for this week's episode, and you will see all of his quality information on the tag for it. Salute to all of our folks, you know, from where we came from. Those listeners, we appreciate y'all coming over this way, and. Here's something that we're going to leave the folks out with this week's episode two shot is we are doing a certified brand new for the taste hoodie giveaway. Only thing that we ask for you to do is make sure that you tag two people on all the promotions that come out. At least tag two people. You ain't got to put some kind of random message or anything crazy. Just tag two people on those episode tags for this week. And we will get you into the drawing for the sweatshirts, men and women. You know, beforehand we had the t-shirts. We, you know, it's the, it's the cold season. So we, we step in a game up as we go on to Spotify, Spreaker, YouTube, Google play, iTunes with this show. Uh, holla at us and hopefully we continue to give you guys quality culture convos as we evolve through this episode and evolve through this whole thing that we call for the taste shot mill before we get out of here anything you want to let these good people know stop killing each other over goddamn chicken sandwiches well I mean that's just evident but the fact, uh, the fact that you actually got to tell people that is the goddamn truth yep please don't treat these chicken sandwiches like the Jordans back in the day. And y'all are some of the biggest fools giving these people free publicity. They ain't even have to put no real effort into letting people know about this chicken sandwich. And y'all are willing to let everybody and their uncle know on the gram that you got five chicken sandwiches. Well, yeah, man. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be here for another hour talking about that shit. But please, y'all... Um, Especially, especially black folks, man. Um, not to leave on this note, but we we gotta do better. Like, good God, like we we gotta do better, man. But that's all I got. I, I I'm not trying to trying to bless y'all with this gospel today, but we gotta do better. Yes, please. All jokes aside, blessings to the gentleman's family that you know, had their life taken away from. You just, you don't want to see that. It just, it's a bad precedent for our folk. So, yeah, you uh, you stamp that quality with, like, a Jesus. We need to make sure we do better as people. But um, all in all, you know, outside of this situation that happened at the Popeyes, y'all be out there, be safe if you're out in the streets. 